Hello everybody, my name is Bill Woodcock and welcome to another edition of Forward Maryland. Today is Saturday, February 23rd, 2019. In case you're listening to this podcast off of either my Facebook page or my TypePad website, I'm proud to announce that Forward Maryland is now available on both Apple iTunes and Google Podcasts. So don't delay, go to either of those sites Subscribe today, and don't miss an episode of Forward Maryland. Feel free to binge listen if you are so inclined. I greatly encourage it. It will make your life better, I promise you. Uh, Today's topic is a very uh, important piece of legislation that is still being discussed in the General Assembly. In fact, it made page one of today's Baltimore Sun, And I've been watching this for a while, so as people who know me know, and those of you who don't know me will now know this, uh, I'm an alumnus of Johns Hopkins University. I have two degrees from Hopkins. I have worked as an employee of Johns Hopkins for 16 years total and counting. Uh, I... uh, well, both of my children have been part of the Hopkins family through uh, participating in classes and activities there, including Center for Talented Youth Activities. Um, I'm familiar with the operations of virtually every um, division of the Johns Hopkins University's uh, operations. Uh, And so I understand that this bill that is uh, before the General Assembly to uh, enable Johns Hopkins in Baltimore to uh, establish and maintain a uh, police force of its own, uh, I understand that that's an important one for the university. And uh, I also understand that there's a lot of resistance to this legislation within the Baltimore community, and I am extremely sympathetic to that. Um, I would say that the last thing we need in Baltimore City is um, unchecked uh, police uh, presence. Uh, There certainly are lots of problems with police policies that encourage mass arrests, that lead to mass incarcerations, that lead to recidivism, uh, that continues the downward cycle of poverty and despair that a lot of residents of Baltimore City experience. Uh, We don't need more of that here. That being said, uh, I do believe that the debate about whether or not Johns Hopkins should have a police force of its own, which, when we look at it, it's going to replace a system of using retired police officers, off-duty police officers, off-duty sheriff's deputies, Um, And it's also going to create a system that will work in concert with other law enforcement agencies, such as the Baltimore City Police Department. Um, You know, it seems like this law enforcement, um, or an anti-law enforcement narrative has taken over the debate and discussion of the day. 
And what has gone away is the public protection aspect. You know, I used to work for uh, Washington, D.C. government. And uh, Washington, D.C. is a much different city than Baltimore, although they are the same size. D.C. has about five times the budget of Baltimore City. And it shows. There's a lot. The D.C. government is a lot more sprawling, is a lot... Um, more spread out, and D.C. government provides so many more services to its residents than Baltimore City does. And I've worked for Baltimore City government as well. Um, but D.C. government also has the blessing of having um, about a third of its land it doesn't even have to maintain because it's federal property. And uh, nobody really bothers with the fact that the Capitol Police Force is, of course, very prevalent in D.C., uh, as are other law enforcement agencies, which are federal in nature. Uh, but they work in concert with the D.C. Metropolitan Police. Uh, and so I would kind of, so that leads me to look at this Johns Hopkins private police force issue from less of a law enforcement, mass arrest, mass incarceration issue to more of a public protection issue, uh, to more of looking at this from the safety, from the preservation of the safety of Johns Hopkins students, uh, patients at the medical institutions, as well as Hopkins faculty, Hopkins staff, and visitors. Um, Hopkins probably has about 30,000. I don't know the latest number, but I would guesstimate 30,000 uh, employees in Baltimore City every day, uh, figuring in faculty, staff, pay, I mean, uh, other faculty, patients, um, students, visitors, you're probably talking on the order of about 50,000 people. I don't think that's, that's outside of the wrong. In a 600,000-person city, 50,000 people um, is significant. That's a significant number. So if we're talking about Hopkins being able to be responsible for those 50,000 people, most of whom do not live in Baltimore City, uh, that would also mean that the civic police force, that the Baltimore City police force, would be more free to be responsible for the 600,000 residents who live in Baltimore City. Probably including the about, I'm going to also take a wild guess and guess that about 20,000 Hopkins affiliates, counting students and staff, live in the city. Uh, that means 30,000 are visitors. And so Hopkins is going to take responsibility for those people. That will leave the Baltimore City Police Department off to do other things. And I think that all in all, that's a positive uh, mark and the balance sheet for having a Hopkins police force. I'm also concerned about this bill um, because I, I think what about other private schools in the state of Maryland? If Washington College in Chestertown or Hood College in Frederick were uh, considering having a private police force, I don't think there would be as much of a problem. 
I don't think there would be the public outcry that Hopkins having a, a private police force is causing. And I think we ought to think about that and why that is. Now, that being said, uh, I don't think that JHU should get away scot-free and just be allowed to create its own private police force uh, without having some, some pretty stringent um, requirements put on it. Uh, I think, you know, there already are public um, police departments that serve the public campuses, uh, that serve the University of Maryland, University of Baltimore, and I think that a Hopkins police force should have the same requirements, the same reporting, the same structure, as it makes sense for as the other public school police departments. Uh, I don't see where doing anything less would be a good thing. Uh, to the standpoint where, where uh, it's not practical to do so, I am not a law enforcement professional, so I'm not going to you know, make a claim as so I know where to draw that line, but I'm sure there's a bright line to be drawn. Um, but otherwise, I don't see where that would be a problem. Uh, to have the Hopkins Police Department, if indeed there one comes to pass, uh, should have the same training regs, reporting requirements, jurisdiction, uh, you know, in such a manner that's comparable to how the University of Maryland, University of Baltimore Police operate. Uh, also, there's been a lot of talk about Hopkins's uh, willingness to invest in the city, um, you know, for for the privilege of having its own police department. And I, I frankly think that um, this is something where JHU comes to the table. It looks like they're offering some money to help the city of Baltimore. Uh, I kind of hate that they're doing that because it just kind of looks like they're buying this. They're buying the right to have their own police department, uh, which, of course, also lends itself to whiffs of elitism, and I think rightfully so. Um, but instead, what I think Hopkins should be doing is I think they should be uh, putting their money where their mouth is. And if Hopkins is saying... Uh, that they believe in non-law enforcement-based interventions, and I think they should be putting into them. Uh, I think their funding should be going right to that, and their funding should be uh, a substitute for some state funding, or at least or a augmentation to state funding that's already being put into, say, for example, Baltimore City's very successful Safe Streets program. Uh, how about uh, Ceasefire Baltimore as another example? You know, how about uh, Hopkins getting on board with that and having uh, the Baltimore Ceasefire weekends uh, truly becoming weekends where there actually are ceasefires uh, instead of uh, weekends where the murders uh, continue? So I do think that there is a role for a Hopkins Police Department. I also believe that there's a role for Hopkins to be a more um, important player 
and the public safety of Baltimore City than it already has been. And I don't think that having its own police department is a cure-all. I think it's a step in the right direction, but it's also a step in a, it's also one part of a composite picture uh, where uh, Hopkins experts and not just public safety, but public health and, um, you know, um, public interests uh, are brought to bear. I, I know for a fact through my Hopkins experience that Hopkins has put a special emphasis lately on uh, being a, a uh, careful steward of Baltimore City, uh, which is the city that is its home. And um, I would challenge the university as an institution to, uh, to look at that stewardship in ways in which uh, we are protecting the uh, public and the people who come to enjoy the university experience uh, but we're also being neighbors and partners and extending a loving hand uh, to the community at large. Uh, so I hope that the university chooses that path. Uh, I hope that if this bill passes that it comes with uh, certain conditions. Uh, and, um, you know, I hope that the dialogue becomes more constructive and moves forward in a positive and progressive manner. This is Bill Woodcock. You have been listening to Forward Maryland, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Take care.